You love it, and you can't wait for it to be gone. There's probably no time of the year that we look forward to more. And there's probably nothing else that fills us with such dread. We can accept the ambivalence of our feelings, recognizing that our inner child is wrestling with an elf for control over a large serrated knife aimed at the heart of one of Santa's hoarded venison. Or we can deny our feelings and just reach for a 16-ounce tumbler of our favorite bourbon. Booze, that's the Christmas dilemma. Having sidled close to heresy and suggesting that Christmas might not be all the flock it's cracked up to be, let me be clear. I like Christmas. My holiday memories are dear to me, matched only by my memory of finding my dad's stash of playboys buried in the bottom of his closet back in the summer of 65. I am moved in special ways. However, I must give the season its due. It is insidious in nature, promising moist eyes of joy at the sound of silver bells, while concurrently dredging up memories of Uncle Norman dressed as Mrs. Claus, just because he loves the feel of a red velvet brassiere. Christmas is the sight of a well-lit Christmas tree in the park with an even more well-lit bum taking a leak on the bulbs. It's about the sound of carols sung on a crystal night with stars beaming hope to all of us. And it's the tinny squawking of eight-track tunes over a speaker at the tree lot with lights beaming into the semi-bearded faces of sweaty men who are saying, they all lose a few needles, guy. It's no wonder that we get manic-depressive about the season. We feel good about dropping a bucket in the red bucket next to the bell ringer standing in front of the Kmart. On the other hand, we find ourselves online shopping for large caliber weapons that are suitable for giving real sincerity to our feelings about the dozens of charity telemarketers who are calling us at all hours to open our hearts. Over the years, I have tried to make some sense of Yuletide. I'm not alone. Look in the glassy eyes of a co-worker describing his route from in-law to outlaw to favorite aunt to church to pageant to party during the period that roughly covers the last ten days of the year. The logistics alone are enough to boggle the mind. Stare into the clammy fear of the normal husband trying to decide what to buy his wife. Watch the crazy spinning of children's eyes as they conjure up a list of must-haves that together cost more than constructing an addition onto your house. It's nuts. Yet every year... We plunge once more into the murky emotional and financial waters of Christmas. Like a woman giving birth again and again, we forget the pain and focus on the perceived joy of the season. How we are able to repress so much and do it all over every year is a mystery that defies all logic. But we do. I have come to discover that to survive the season we compartmentalize Christmas, dividing chores between spouses, thereby making the whole thing seem less hectic. For example, my wife Isabel is the one stuck with the chore of trying to figure out what to buy our relatives. She remembers things like favorite colors and sizes and other data that is immediately lost to my guy-impaired brain. I remember what relatives drink, but I haven't a clue as to what the hell they wore the last time we saw them. I know that people have kids, but I don't know their ages. On the other hand, I know the name of my neighbor's 17-year-old babysitter. Strange what the brain will process and retain. Spouses tend to rely on each other's perceived strengths and somehow attempt to meld the assigned tasks into a passable Christmas celebration. However, the truth is the wives get most of the duties. They tend to shop better, rap better, and drink less.